Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Wells. I'm James Lovella. I'm Calvin Bauer. And today we're going to talk about the meaning of life. And that's all, folks. See you later. <laughs> um, we had a, we've had a lot of really great things happen here at the gallery. Um, just most recently, we've got uh, two wonderful artists that came and exhibited their delightful works. Would you like mm. to talk about what's going on right now? Sure. So this past weekend, we had Christina Mrozik and Benny Rollman come from far and wide to come talk about their artistic practice and creations. So they both have two solo shows on display here at the gallery right now that's actually going to be up through December 7th. So if you're in Minneapolis, you should definitely stop by. Um, it's also going to be on the shop and website. So if you're not here, you can still check out all the cool work that they have available. Um, Christina's work is kind of naturalistic and inspired by some of her recent experiences. Benet's is a collection of risographs, uh, prints, originals, um, all inspired by some of his recent travels. So both of them have some really cool work. So if you have a chance, you should definitely take it out and celebrate some of the things that they've been working on. So to start our conversation, I wanted to ask uh, the big question of how and why are you are where you are in this moment of life right now? Wait, how and why are you are? Where are you? Where are you? Why are you there? Where are you in life and why are you there? Oh, That is a good mm. question. Nobody really knows the answer, do we? No. You're just patting yourself on the back. Like, good job, wow, me. Really, A stumper. Really a I stumped you. Yeah. <laughs> I put one foot in front of the other. I oh, was yeah. actually just thinking about this since uh, we're going to be leaving for Japan next week. And literally since I was like, 11 or 12 years old, I've dreamed of going to Japan. And even back then I was like, I, the, the one thing that I knew about that process was that it was going to cost me like a lot of money to get there. And I was like, okay. So back then I was like, if I save all my money in this way, in this way, then maybe I can make it. And like, I, I just had all these like plans. Were you like, 2042 I'll be there yeah I I didn't really I I kind of thought that like at the end of eighth grade I would Aww. like be able to go and like all this all these other like continuing plans and then here we are and I work here and you guys are like hey would you like to go to Japan and I'm like yes and so it's very serendipitous and it happened in all the ways that I I didn't expect and it happened because of the paths that I took and like going to MCAD like working here and all these other avenues that brought me to a very specific life goal. I feel like that's called know? manifesting. I feel like you're yeah. like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make this a part of my life and I feel like this is naturally how you end up in this weird stream of like getting to a place it's all the weird subconscious stuff that you end up not thinking about and then you're like oh wait this is the thing i've always wanted how'd that happen either either that or things are just like more likely to happen than you think they are and it's just the way that they happen that you can never truly predict sometimes yeah not never but yeah. The fact that it was still like a like a funny little whisper in the back of your head for all these years, though, I'm sure made it very uh, like like you were probably the first person to raise your hand when we were like, oh, we might need some help. Yeah, well, going I mean, to Japan, and I you're like, oh, wait, was. <laughs> like yeah. both hands. I was yeah. like, I was like, Lindsay Greenwith, please. And I was like, ooh, Calvin, say that again. Yeah, Lindsay, so. <laughs> <laughs> me, please. It's me, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I know, I know. Calvin was the whisper in the back of your head. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how that worked. And I was like, oh yes, yeah, the subconscious like thing, this voice. But I think um, I don't like ever Calvin. know. Like, I'm glad you know how somehow you got where you're at. 
Because I don't know where I'm at. Nope. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got here either. This is a very small part of where I'm at because the rest of where I'm at, I'm like, I don't, I don't heckin' oh, okay. know. Yeah. That's fine. I, well, that's like, how, I know I'm going to Japan. It's that's where I'm at. funny because you had, Japan's a weird example, but you have a very specific idea of where you wanted to go in life, which that's a one week out of like your entire life. Yeah. But I always feel like the way that I operate is like generally moving in the direction that feels good where I'm like, this seems better than whatever I was doing, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to continue to like pursue a thing that seems interesting, even though I have no idea how it's connected yet. What's that pool game where you close your eyes and you Marco Polo. Oh yeah. Marco Polo. Yeah. It's like Marco Polo. You're just like waiting for the universe to be like Polo. Yeah. Or Calvin to be like, yeah, it's just, it's funny. I heard this. Yeah. I heard this thing the other day. Where was this? Oh, it must have been listening to some podcasts, but they were like, don't ask for a sign if you're not going to follow it. And so you're like, mm, what am I looking advice. for? What, I'm lo- what am I looking for? And then you see a sign and then you're, and Ooh, then not you're like, that one. <laughs> not I don't that know. One. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I kind of feel about life is you're just like blobbing towards the things that you are really into. Yeah. That's pretty fair. <laughs> I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, oh yeah, I wrote a note on my thing that says fumbling through the dark. And I'm like, that feels like yeah, Marco Polo like or, or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. When you were young, did you ever have the, like, in school or whatever, where you had, like, the grab, the little, like, touch and feel bag Ew, for, like, Halloween? And you're like, ooh, what is it? It's a brain. It's an eyeball. And you're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, think I had it's that thing at the dentist jello. office. They made you put your hand in a hole, and then you're supposed to pull out a treat. Wait, what? <laughs> what kind of treat? Was it, like, all sugar-free, disappointing treats? I like how James' version of what life feels like is sticking his hand in a bowl of candy. <laughs> what not a bowl yeah. of candy it's like a brown paper bag with a random goo in the mouth <laughs> an actual brain you're like it's a treat is it a treat I there, don't know. There's it could definitely, be jello it could be a brain I mean, you're like yeah. your young mind is like this adult person could straight up have a brain <laughs> that could be in this bag because like to you you're like oh adults probably have access to brains right? yeah. brains and eyeballs yeah and yeah this is the appropriate everyone, place to put it. Everyone just has some around. And yeah. then you just wait for children to put your put their hand in a weird bag you have? Um, I... <laughs> you know, like, I don't know about in, that. I don't know. It's very Halloween-themed, but now we're in November. Right. Oh, that's right. Uh, we can't Christmas. talk about that anymore. It's, nope. uh, it's No slime. This is this is a slime-free November. It's time that's to get fine. the jingle bells and yeah, actually evergreen. It is. Hey, I'm guys. into that. Yeah. November is Calvin month. Okay. So Wait, Calvin month. Yeah, it is. So um, Only celebratory. Because it's what, Scorpio season? Uh, because it's my birth month. Oh, there anyway. Oh, I, yeah, you're going to celebrate your birthday in Japan. That's yeah, exciting. exactly. Oh, it's damn. very, very serendipitous. But I wanted to say that I think that there, there's so much you can do to structure your time in your life. And there are people who have written essays on how to best use your time and everything. But your life is kind of a unique experience to you obviously and like if you look at your life in a very large perspective from the start to the end everything that you do is important to some degree if you're using your life effectively to experience things in some way Mm -hmm. and I think that fumbling is one way to look at it (laughs) and just learning and growing is another way I mean Yes, you I can think, be growing in the dark. That's fine. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, like um, <laughs> like those weird fish. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, stalactite, <laughs> ocean fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things. I feel like okay. So, kind of one thing that I am struggling with at the moment is I've had massive amounts of change in the last year, mm-hmm. and I think what I both hated and enjoyed about past me 
was I had a pattern that I knew what it was going to be every single day. And I was like, okay, here's how I spend my time. I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do that. And I'm like, okay, going to wake up and do that again and again and again forever. Mm. And then I was like, I don't like this. I don't like, and then I freaked out. And at this time, what I'm finding really weird is I both crave having a pattern that I can look forward to doing at the moment, but I'm having a really hard time knowing where I'm at. Know what I'm saying? In order mm-hmm. to put things into a pattern yeah. that feels consistent or feels like a purposeful uh, dedication of bits of time. Whereas before I was like, ooh, I hate this and I love this. Like this, this is me and this is what I do. Now I'm like, I kind of know who I am. I kind of know what I like, but I'm having a difficult time allowing myself to understand which parts are worth what chunks of time, mm-hmm. when yeah. I'm supposed to do them, why I'm even doing them. And I feel yeah. like underneath all of that, I do wish for the pattern again. Yeah. yeah. You know, are, there's I'm, a comfort in it that I don't have. Yeah. I'm also a very like pattern oriented person. Um, but that also is very like kind of go with the flow and that becomes a weird like combination a lot of the time too. Um, because like I would wake up and do the same thing I feel like every day and until it was like a big problem, wouldn't change it. But I also enjoy not doing the same thing every day. So I don't know, like I've never figured out how to reconcile with that either. It's funny because I think about this with the travel program sometimes, like anytime I'm thinking about planning anything or even like a random day where I'm like, there's certain parts that have to be like the big logistics are planned, but then leaving room for spontaneity leaving room for like like planning time for adventures or something like that makes it feel normal where you can you can be like infused by something new suddenly even though you're like how did I block this time out it's funny because I do think that when when you're bouncing between not knowing what the next steps are or also having like a very rigorous pattern it's tricky because you're like if you haven't evaluated things in a long time, you go to sit down at your pattern and you're like, this doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. because I need to redo the whole thing. So how do I even get started on structuring this? You know? And that I think is a massive frustration with me at the moment. Cause I know what I know and I know what I'm good at. (laughs) Right. And I am like, and I could do this anytime. And I'm like, but why the hell am I doing these things? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a weird question to ask. Why Mm -hmm. am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. We, we had this, um, like, we had this this brainstorm before we did the podcast. We were saying like, is it that you search for excitement, fulfillment, uh, a connection with your spiritual side of doing something, like something that's deeper than just like, I feel ambitious today. I'm going to do something that's daring, you know? <laughs> like it's not that, yeah. but choosing how to pick your things mm-hmm. is weird because you're like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I guess I'll ask you a question. Do you do things because you have to do them? Or do you do things because you want to do them? But let me add one layer on top of this. Secretly. I like I your went questions. to a, Yeah. <laughs> there's many layers of my weird questions because there are more thoughts and you can kind of see what you think. I went to coffee with a friend and I said... I am so burnt out and I have so many things that I'm juggling and I'm doing this and that and it's almost over and this thing's happening, that thing's happening. And I cannot wait until my life is a bit simpler. And then the person was like, wait a second. So how long have you been doing this? I'm like, forever. It's been Mm -hmm. happening forever. And then he's like, and you want to what? And I was like, yeah, I want to simplify. And he's like, 
I don't think you're ever going to simplify. And I was like, you don't know me, <laughs> you know, but he was like, you, you are not going to change. If you've done this for the last millions of years, you don't want to, sim- you don't want to simplify. That's not your thing. That's mm-hmm. not who you are. And it's funny. Cause I ended up saying the same thing to my parents when they're like, we just want to settle down in a nice, simple house. And then I was like, okay, you people. <laughs> and I'm like, every time you go and move to a place, it's an extravagant, crazy time. You are never, that is not who you are. You're not going to have a simple yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But I thought about that and I was like, why, why? Well, yeah. I guess like in that vein, what you want is to be doing things that are more meaningful and feel like they're more worth your time because you're doing a bunch of stuff that you just kind of have to get out of the way or like things that have been sitting on the plate for so long that they're not really interesting anymore. And so I, I imagine at least because I, I, I also know you and I know how much work you've been doing. I imagine that you would rather dedicate that time into like, making the stuff that you make like the I don't know you made me jewelry and like you make kind of little things here and there and you explore different avenues and it's that's still you being busy but being busy in a way that's fulfilling to you and not just busy work or like just stressful work yeah I see that as like where you might be using or like in that context had used the word simplifying but I think of it as more of like what I would guess of as focusing. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. It's like, I don't want to feel like I have to do a chore, Yeah. but I do want to be busy. Does yeah. that make because sense? Yeah, there's totally. It's like, one thing I can think of is like, you're always busy because that's like how I like see you like function as a human. And mm-hmm. that's like where you thrive is like juggling a bunch of things and like getting stuff done. So it's not that you want to like remove a bunch of things and like have a bunch of extra time to be bored, but you just want the things that you're doing to be like more in line with where you are now, as opposed to like where you were six months ago when you locked into those. Things. Yeah. yeah. So what's your perspective on this? then? when I said, okay, do you do stuff because you have to do it or because you want to do it? Do you think that that question is more of a matter of perspective in the moment? So when I asked you if it, if like, do you do things because you have to do them or because you want to do them? Is it really that there's any difference at all? Is it just dependent on your mood at the moment or your perspective at the moment that makes you decide like, this is a chore or this is a thing that I'm excited about? Yeah, I think it has to do with, like you were saying, like your nature is piling more on it, on top <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> so anyway, that's your nature. And so like, if you if you were... <laughs> Sorry. Mm. If you weren't doing, if you weren't doing one thing, you would find something really interesting and fulfilling that would fill another piece of it. So it's not that it's just only one type of thing. You're, you thrive in variety and complexity. Do you think it's easier for a person to see that in somebody else probably than it is for you to see it in yourself? So my frustrations on being like, why am I doing these things (laughs) are like more because I just, when I get in a funk or something like that, I'm just like, I just want some time to do not this. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, but I do think that there's differences too. like, I don't know. There is a big thing about getting in the mood for certain things where you're like, I am going to sit here and like work on this fun project or like, I'm going to sit here and sand all these walls right now. And I'm going to do it with like pleasure because it's time to do it, you know, but also at the same time, I think that everyone just has a slightly different, way of doing it like like okay so this is what I was trying to say about 
piling stuff on top of each other. Oh, is yeah. that that is your pace at which you find satisfaction from making and also have the it's not like a crazy lack of attention. It's like you have a lot of things that you want to do at the same time. And so it's trying to make time for lots of things. But I think that different paces in personal time is different than work time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like you being busy could also be like James sitting in the bath or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have, um, my, my ultimate goal as a person is to find enough like centeredness to where anything that I do, I can recognize as an important experience in my life. And are you assigning importance or you, you want it to be perceived as important? I, or I, both. I think it's, there's like two different avenues because one is like, I want to achieve some sort of success. I want to know what that's like. I want to kind of live that life. I want to, um, you know, especially as I'm a young person and I just want to like have that experience, you know, but I also want to know that like my existence as a person in every moment has inherent worth from the inside out from the inside like in and that all material things are limited um and that my my time spent doing the dishes or cleaning the floor or whatever it's not it's not something i like to do but i'd like to get to a point maybe it's when i'm 60 maybe it's when i'm 70 where like doing those things is still like me knowing that i exist and knowing that that existence is inherently um, it, there's no way it can't be worth it's anything. It's like appreciating the fact that you are in that moment. Yeah. And that, and that you whatever. do exist and that like there, there's no way to take worth away from one's existence. So that sort of leads me to the question. It's like, so yes, we agree that perspective tones, how you feel about what you're doing. And there is a sense of trying to be, be aware of the value that you place on your own time. Mm -hmm. And that's why you get frustrated or not frustrated. You're like, this is not worth my time. This is worth my time. How do you enjoy being in most of your time that you have to do is probably like the challenge that everybody faces. I feel like that's the biggest part, at least for me personally, where it becomes something I want to do versus something I have to do. Where the value is, you can see the value in the time you're spending. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The value through my lens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it's something that I have to do, it's more of like, well, like fulfilling someone else's dream, doing whatever it's like, okay, like I just, you know, I'm just going to like put my headphones in and drown out whatever I have to do to get this done versus something that I want to do being like, well, through my lens, like I really care about this. So I'm going to like spend however much time doing what it takes, you know? Um, and then I feel like time gets away from you a lot easier in those moments versus moments where you have to do something too, where you're like counting the minutes, counting the hours, counting whatever, you know? And you're binging on something because you're just, you are invested. Yeah. You're like emotionally, physically, spiritually invested in this concept where you're like, I am here. I am with this thing and I'm doing it because I am, I'm like a piece of it now. And I think too, your attentions most of the time, or at least like me, like the thing I'm constantly battling against. And I mean, this is like part of my own inefficiencies is like, while I'm doing things I have to do, oftentimes I'm thinking about things I want to do and my focus is split. Like however it's, you know, cut up. And this is also, I mean, a a part of being within 
the capitalistic world is that I think that there is a lot of, like I said that there's no way to take away the inherent worth of a person and a person's experience at an individual level. And yet I think that there is a large body that wishes to do that in order to achieve efficiency. And I think that us as like makers and creators kind of have a unique privilege to put our value into something that directly if reflects our value, like into a piece or some sort of production. And I don't think that's always possible for other people in other fields, you know? And so and I, I think that's okay to acknowledge that too. I think we have some conversations sometimes when we're talking about like, do what you love and all that kind right. of stuff. And you're like, yeah, I still have to do things I don't love. Exactly. And, I, and, and a lot of always. people do, you know, just to survive. And so I just don't want to, come across as like, oh, no. this is the way that everyone should operate. I think people whatever. understand yeah. that too, yeah. because I think there's different facets of this conversation that if you're talking mm-hmm. like globally, the things that people have to go right. through in life in different situations, I think in a, in a, in our small bubble that we're talking about specifically with a creative life, right. Yeah. The second in this conversation, I think people can also understand exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. and of course, Of course, it's going to be different for every single person placing a value on the things that they're doing Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I think so when you had a conversation, for example, with two people that um, are, they have unique lives. Everybody's got a unique life. They have um, families. They have um, things in their personal life that they have to uh, take care of, just like everybody does. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always these things that, again, are like your configuration of stuff that you, you are assigning value to the time you're spending towards those things. And it's trying to balance every single piece of what you think you're trying to, to do in one pattern or whatever, you know, or mm-hmm. like your cycle of how you, you attribute some time to family, some to your health, some to your food, mm-hmm. you know, some to your cleaning, some to your art, some mm-hmm. to your work yeah, or whatever else. Like, do you think and I always come back to perspective a lot because I, I have this other note here that says fulfillment versus fu- huh, huh, fulfillment huh. <laughs> versus pleasure. Yeah. Because it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's right. a lot of things that I do that I'm like, I am glad I did that. That was not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Totally. Well, yeah. it's like kind of that like weird hero's journey where it's like, you know, suffering makes the like experience or whatever. So I think we all have a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and things that where you're like, yeah, you look back and you're like, man, that really sucked. But I do feel like I am a bit of a better person for experiencing it. Yeah. Even yeah. if I just now know how to like handle that if someone I care about experiences it or if I experience it again and I can come through it better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also think that uh, like um, that pleasure versus fulfillment kind of like. What's the difference for you? What's the difference between fulfillment, feeling fulfilled? Is it after the fact? and pleasures during the thing or what i think i think pleasure is a little bit more of an immediate response if something is like lining up right you know and it's just like this is fun um you think it's really personal too like it's it's your pleasure your personal pleasure and not necessarily like your perception of the contribution that it made towards mm -hmm. something that's not just yeah i mean you can you can experience pleasure Uh, i love doing karaoke i experience pleasure from that i'm trying to achieve a pleasure in making 
because for a long time I've had an ingrained perception that making work is work and and it is and mm-hmm. especially for people who work under people to create I mean like you do a ton of pattern design Jenny you also do um, work in the design world and and so it is work and it and it deserves yeah. to be valued that way but for me I do a lot of personal projects and so for me I'm trying to deconstruct um, sitting down and working on a personal project as being work and instead as being like what else would I be doing with my time? You know. Why would I not be making something that is true to myself? And like, why is this not fun? I so. think what you're touching on there too is like the, like at least through my lens is like the ultimate goal with those two things is like where that Venn diagram of fulfillment and pleasure kind of like overlap in the middle and like what that means to you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's at least like what I've always like strived to find um, and I think we all like can find it in like little bits and pieces and it comes and goes and like, we're always trying to like figure out and like grab onto that and yeah. be like, this is how I know I can spend my time. And like, if I can figure out what this thing is, I know like my day to day will be fine because it's things I do on one side versus the other side will be like, whatever. And I can deal with it. But whatever's in the middle of both is like what keeps me going. Yeah. And I think I, I, any, any sort of mental practice that you get into, I think you have to constantly be reprising every, every like, like couple months. It feels like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if like, we're all just in a period of intense growth right now, but for me, I, I just like really, really have to like continually check in with myself and see what I'm feeling, like what I need and what is fulfilling me, what will fulfill me, like what I should be reaching towards. And I I think that that's part of the process and it's, it's part of staying in tune with yourself is just, um, making sure that you know that you're going to be changing and that, and that, you know, it's okay. And that, you know, it's okay to value something differently than you valued it like a year ago or two years ago. How? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry, Jenny, that's okay. stop talking. <laughs> that, that's okay. I was going to say, it's really interesting because I think about those two words in like maybe very, very different ways. It's funny because I was flashing back to this conversation we had a couple years ago during one of our workshops about storytelling and like when a story is fulfilling. And it always has to do with characters going through massive growth and a sense of curiosity and having something to dive into. It's not just this like, so I think pleasure is of the five senses, whereas fulfillment, at least to me, seems like something that you either have been through or have grown through or have learned or have been curious about. So it's like something that cerebral has pushed you. Yeah. Something that's yeah. pushed you. So you're like, I'm proud of myself for going through that or I'm excited about something new. And so it's more of like a, it's filling yourself with new knowledge of some sort. And then pleasure is like, this feels great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it's kind of this like one and done. Yeah. I guess fulfillment is more spiritual in that Mm -hmm. sense where it's like at your core. Do you Mm -hmm. think too, that something along the lines of like where pleasure is more reactionary and fulfillment is more like premeditated or like something that you've thought about before, like something you wish to attain or whatever, where like pleasure is something you like do and then continue to do. And like, do again because it felt good in the moment. 
That's a good question. I don't know. I, I do, I do kind of like the idea of thinking about the body versus the mind mm-hmm. or like, you're like, that was some nice food. And then you're just like, I would, I am glad I tried that weird thing. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I did not enjoy that, but I, in, it's kind of like how yeah. we talk about adventure. Yeah. You're like, oh, I was in the rain and it was very cold. And but then I went like, swimming an and I was attitude. frozen. Yeah. But yeah. that was really, that was the best. Yeah. But it wasn't the best while I was doing it. No, what's the sense of adventure? But yeah, I I know what you're saying. I was actually wondering when you said fulfillment has to be something that's planned. I also think this is a weird sentence, but like fulfillment could be something that happens to you. So say you attend a really interesting lecture and you're like, this has been fulfilling and I've learned a bunch of stuff and now I can go home and think about a bunch of stuff. And so it's more... Like, it doesn't have to be something that was premeditated, and it can still be something you dive hardcore into because it's also happening in the process. You're fulfilled in the process. Mm, that's true. And I think that the way that you make connections, you know, is is sometimes what fulfills you because maybe if you listened to that lecture two years ago, you wouldn't have the same fulfillment or experience with it because you didn't know how to connect it to your own life or your own experience or what you're trying to learn or like grow into. I think that's true. I I think the, like in my head, I just think of like fulfillment as being like way higher on a tier of like existential things. Whereas pleasure Mm -hmm. is like a much smaller piece that like happens more often and they're like more fleeting and like, you're just like, it comes in this and comes in that and comes in this. Whereas fulfillment, like I feel like has a lot more potential to like change you for the long term Mm -hmm. and like, step you up a notch or like unlock a really big like change in your life or something like that. Like, can we talk about balancing that for a second when we're thinking about like, what is the meaning of all this? Right. So I asked the question at the beginning of the podcast where I said, what is the meaning of life? Fulfillment, pleasure, balance. I just said balance like five times, but you know what I mean? It's like, why is it so hard to pin down how you're supposed to feel about the decisions you make with your time, all that stuff we talked about value, like valuing certain things over other things, feeling more fulfilled or less fulfilled or more pleasure, less pleasure. Like it's a very confusing thing because I keep wanting to find a method because I'm like, Oh, this is so frustrating. How come all these things are not like, but I also think that like you said, how are we supposed to know how to feel about this? And lately I have been trying to find like that sense of self that I feel like I, I really lost. Um, and I think in a lot of what we do, we're so influenced by the outside world in some way. And that the way that you do balance it and find a sense of contentedness or, or fulfillment is by really like bringing yourself back into your perception your body, your eyes. Sometimes, How like, do you do that? Sometimes, that is impossible for me. Like, it's a practice. I mean, I, I think that this is what a lot of, like, spiritualism teaches is, like, that process, and it doesn't just happen right away. Sometimes it's literally, like, I am biking, and I am projecting my my mental state out so much, and I'm, like, in my own head and all this other stuff, and I can physically bring myself into, like, my eyeballs, where like I I feel like I can like re like take everything that's out here and like push it back in and all of a sudden I am looking like through my eyes 
and that's a physical way that I feel like I'm able to do it. It's, I'm a completely, I'm a mess of a human being, but I think that with time and with like concentration, the idea is to make sure that you know that like your center will be there no matter how much everything else shifts and like trying so to find it. So I see it. what you you're what saying. Mean? Yeah. Cause like, okay. So on Instagram, I'll, I get all these targeted ads yeah. for, and they're just like how to be, instead of being codependent, how to be independent. I'm like, shut up phone. Why are you, why are you finding all these things? You know, like, I think what's funny about that is like, I struggle so much with the idea of how people perceive my patterns that I tend to prioritize the right way to do things in quotes. And I, and it's funny because I was talking about this earlier today with somebody where I was saying, I know this about myself and it has led me down some really wonderful paths by doing the things that I think were the right ways to do things. But at the same time, when we're talking about fulfillment and pleasure, I have not enjoyed a lot of my Mm -hmm. decisions, but I feel very good about the things I've done. And I think it's really interesting to struggle with the idea of creating an identity. Cause sometimes I feel like it's the same talk we have when people say, how do I make my artistic style? And you're like, you don't, it just is a thing you have. Mm -hmm. And what's funny about having an identity is like, I have an identity, but whose is it? Is it the thing that I made because I thought I was supposed to be a thing or is it what I actually am? Or is it the same thing when I was talking earlier about, mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to simplify. And they're like, no, you don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's funny because every, I mean, it goes confusing. back to like every, every, even when you do drawings of patterns, which is funny because we're talking about patterns, but like when you draw a pattern, the things that you're gravitated towards are the most dense, complex imagery. And so I think it's one of those things where you're like, you're trying to maximize your time and maximize the kinds of things that you're doing and also influencing like diversity and also finding different things that you're into and reading about new items. I don't know. I was thinking about this thing that Christina said during the opening reception the other day, they did a public artist talk and she mentioned, um, cause there she was talking about style and she was like, so you're in a class drawing one and you're doing a bunch of charcoal drawings and everyone puts them up on the board and you drew the exact same still life, but you can still see, even though it's lit the same, drawn in almost an identical way, you can see your voice in there still, even if it's a drawing of like a piece of paper and an orange, I find it still it looks like you. So much easier to see somebody else's voice in them <laughs> than I do in myself. And that I think is the thing when you're talking, Calvin, about just like focusing on yourself and being able to be present in your own brain, you know, and you're like, I can see through my eyes where I'm at right at this moment and something that I strive to do. I find it just really difficult. Yeah, I find it I mean, difficult. It is- intrinsically difficult for sure yeah so and that's a me me, like maybe the stresses i have about why i'm like oh i feel like what is the meaning what is the value of this who am i trying to value it for what am i doing that's why this is just a giant huge blob of a question (laughs) so without without me talking more about how confused i am let me Mm. ask you another question so we talked about like time for yourself influences the way you see everything else. I am a big, huge uh, fan of the idea of diversification of how you spend time because I think it is good. 
it's good not to burn out on one single thing. It's good not to eat the same grilled cheese every single day. You know what I mean? So true. You, you don't feel the same about it if you've been doing it for forever. But if you have new things coming in, you tend to appreciate things more, which is why I think massive problems happen in every single thing from like dissatisfaction with jobs to relationships to, you know, you get bored. You know what I mean? But you don't get bored if you have other stuff that infuses your life with newness. And I think spending time on yourself happens in so many different ways. And we talked about your hour-long bath versus hour of doing <laughs> yeah. whatever. How do you feel about... How do you feel about um, that balance of you time? How do you personally make space for yourself, whether it is an introspective space or an active, like, I need to take care of my social life right now because this is a facet of me that informs me or I need to take care of my intellectual self? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's all these selves that equal who you really are and it's not just what you do for work. Like we said, how do you make time for the other bits of yourself? I have to say it is like for you, Lindsay, you have so many responsibilities where my ability to make time for myself is so easy. Is it easy? Because just because of the, the responsibilities on my plate are so low. Like ultimately I work, I work a couple jobs. I have a couple like gigs once in a while. I'm usually drawing something, but I, it's super easy for me to actually designate time to other things. It sounds like a lot though. But you is, know it, what I mean? is really. it designating time to other things or is it designating time like the for way you, you want though? It? You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, have gotten to a point now that I'm, you know, a year past graduation to where I kind of understand how time is working for me. And so I can really be a little bit logical about what I can do at any given time. If I have any great responsibility, then I'll just make sure that I focus on that. But otherwise, like, yeah, I can hang out with someone. I can, you know, uh, play a game. I can do whatever as long as I know that I'm like I can look at the clock and kind of be like okay this is this but if I had a bunch of freelance projects if I had a bunch of deadlines if I was a teacher if I was if I was all these things I think I would be exponentially more stressed and I think finding the balance within that is something that I can't even ever speak for but that know? probably makes a lot of sense too because we were just talking about like the way people subconsciously like it I'm not mm -hmm. even going to say like it. I'm just going to say are. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that there's the other you, patterns people yeah. get themselves into with like the kinds of people they hang out with yeah. or the kinds of things they do that are not very good for themselves. Like, right. okay, so I'll just say that. So maybe I don't like this. Maybe I do like well, it. Well, I also think that, um, so as free time with anything. Okay. So th this is my weird analogy, but like, have you guys ever watched Downton Abbey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Nope. So I've only seen the first episode, but it's a uh, <laughs> I'm going nice. to tell you, I'm going to tell you anyways. Hey. Okay. So Downton they have Abbey super fan Jenny. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. So anyway, they have this massive mansion and they have a million people working there and they're like, we have to have so many people working here in order to keep this thing running. And then all of them have to have houses and then we also, or sorry, all of them have to have rooms. And then we also have to make meals for everyone. And then because we have to make meals for everyone, we also have to maintain this garden. And so it's this thing of like the bigger, sorry, whatever. I'm just going to say anyway, the bigger house that you have, as my analogy for like 
the things that you're maintaining, yeah. the more pieces of things you have to maintain right. there are. I did and just so tell this, this to my parents, and then you? I was like, oh no, this is a life reflection. It is. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you, you're like, I'm gonna enjoy this massive house, or I'm gonna enjoy this thing. But that comes with like more paperwork, more things to take care of, more rooms to vacuum or whatever, more fires to build. So it's like this thing where you're like, you're making your own problems. Mm -hmm. So I've tried really hard in the last couple of years to scale my, I still find myself doing lots of really dumb stuff like taxes and running to do yeah, random those papers. are in the category of yeah have to do you yeah. feel fulfilled because so like, you finally finished your taxes paul yeah. Peltz told me the other day he's like i'm finally turning yours in i was like great only a minor yeah. penalty so like there's still somehow so much paperworky stuff but i also think somehow in the last couple of years i've tried really hard to scale down my which part did you scale outside. down outside well, i mean i've tried really hard to be like i'm not gonna just go do a bunch of stuff not that I was before, but like I'm not going to do a bunch of stuff that is complex or takes up a lot of time or I have to do a lot of paperwork to participate in or costs a lot of money. I'm just going to scale everything back. I also don't have a house anymore and I don't have to take care of that or renovate it or whatever else. But I think you choose things that fit or fulfill the hole that you have. And so if you're like, I have the time or space somehow, even if it's subconscious to take care of a massive mansion, I'm going to hire a bunch of people. You like made so many problems for yourself to maintain this big, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Are you, you sure? You know, but it's, not a, it's, a meta, it's a metaphorical <laughs> like, mansion. Yeah, I, but I don't have a mansion just to put this out there. I do not have a mansion. I just have it's lots of cats. It's a metaphorical mansion. So anyway, what I'm saying is like, sometimes you look at your free time and you're like, I'm going to take on this thing. And it comes with all these other things that you also have to take care of that don't, from the outside, you're like a beautiful mansion. Cool, the mansion that's is, great. is responsibility. The yes, mansion, right. The mansion, the mansion is, is like, like jobs. And yes, or like, like if you're like, this is a thing, a project or a whatever. Right. It also comes with all these things that are on the so inside. So I'll say this. My yeah. dad says this too, and he said two things that he says. He says that there, um, I was talking about a friend who just really hates his job. And mm -hmm. he's just like, well, you know, it's the golden handcuffs. They pay you enough money to keep you there. Mm -hmm. And what happens is there's a point where some people make more money than they have time. So mm -hmm. what they do is they buy things like boats mm. where yeah. you're like, I can never use this boat, but now I have one because yeah. I'm never going to stop working, but I have a boat, you know, and yeah. he talks about that sometimes. And it's, it's the scale of things that you're, you're discussing where you have tried to reach a level of, um, this concept but the way to take care of it, of course, like eats a bunch of your other stuff. Yeah. But what's really difficult, though, is like there are some things, and we can go on about this as long as you guys would like to. There are some things that when I'm talking about fulfillment or value of things, I, I do two things. When I'm in a good mood, I feel like the contributions that I make towards things that are ridiculous and complex mm -hmm. and take a lot of time and that are kind of self-sacrificing in some ways are the best things I've ever done in my entire life as a contributor to the universe yeah. Mm. And I'm like, thank goodness I spent my time doing this because this was completely worth the effort because it rippled out in this way. And then there's other times when I'm in a terrible mood when I am like, I have just spent the last 20 years of my life working my buns off for this and this and this. And I am so tired mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do about it. But what's funny about listening to you talking about scaling back, there's a fear sometimes when you're carrying a bunch of dishes and you're spinning them all around <laughs> that you're like, I really need to plan how to put these down because if I don't do this correctly, 
this is going to be a big mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and it, it's very hard because you, you also try and figure out exactly like there's a priority of how to put certain ones down. Mm-hmm. What happens if you do put certain ones down? Are you going to, is it going to affect other things in your life? And you go yeah. through these scenarios where you're like, I am uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable with this concept. You when know, when I was talking about like, I definitely didn't, I did not have a mansion before either. I think when I was talking about scaling back, I was like making choices that are smarter or also maximizing. Give me a specific example of one thing you left behind that you thought was a good thing to walk away from. Mm. Or a thing that you think is more simplified version now. More simplified. I mean, one thing that, one thing I do now is Okay, so like my cooking time and shop, like grocery shopping time and things like that are all maximized by like doing it with a person or also like while I'm cooking, I'm also maybe reading or something like that while something's like sitting on the stove. And so I try really hard to maximize some of those things. And then I also so just to be considerate pick, of yeah, and I also pick times where I'm like, okay, today I'm gonna take care of all this stuff and get it off my plate and just like run all these dumb errands and also take care of this right this second, and then I won't have to look at it for the rest of the week and okay. try really hard to be like just to focus on one yeah, thing, just to focus, and with. also I don't have very much stuff, so like I, that's what I was saying about like when you have 60 million rooms or something, you're like, I have to fill these all and clean them all and keep the dust away. And you're like, why'd you do that to yourself? That seems ridiculous. So I'm like, not to you. I'm talking to I know, I know. I'm, I'm just thinking Down- about Down- this cat puke on my stairs that I stepped over today and I said, I'll get you later. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, okay. Yeah. See you anyway, later, I'm talking puke. to Down yeah. Abby. I'm talking to the hypothetical But like, I, know what you, concept, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. If I hadn't got six cats, if I didn't go get yeah. some six cats, I wouldn't have so much puke on my stairs yeah right so it's one of those things but some of those things like having six cats you're like this is fulfilling and I like having pets and I like all these other pieces so it's one of those things where you see the void in your life and you figure out how to fulfill or fill it full fill (laughs) yeah that's usually what I do is I'm like there's there's a hole here I need to put a cat on this spot so James um at the moment you're pursuing a big personal project where I'm sure you've had to shift a lot of how you spend different, like how you spend your time differently. Um, I know that in working towards something new, there's so many exponential things you can think about. Like you're like, I could make more of these things. I could spend more time doing, you know, uh, thinking about new content. I could spend more time making stuff. I could spend more time talking with people about how to inform my decisions. Like there's so many different things that once you start a new avenue, you can spend time doing. Can you give us some context for your project, but can you also tell us what you gave up or what you traded or what you did instead, or you used to do instead of this time you're spending and what made you make this shift? That's a lot of questions. Hmm, that is a lot of questions. Because mm. I think it'll um, give more context to, to how you're doing this because that's a massive thing. Change is a big thing. It is. Yeah. Well, what personal project in particular are you talking about? I'm talking about your branding design okay. effort. Yeah. So I did recently uh, make the jump to like starting my own like personal branding slash like product. Not I, don't, I wouldn't call it a company at the moment, but I guess like... Yeah, like a place to house the work that I'm doing that is like wholly me um, or like what I want it to grow into in the future. 
Um, and I guess in changing things to make that happen, uh, in some ways I have done a lot of like what Jenny said and being smarter where, um, nowadays I will like work on stuff in the morning while I'm having my coffee instead of just kind of like sitting and like, maybe I used to like write for myself or maybe I would like play video games in the morning before work or like whatever it is. Like I will now like while I'm having my coffee be kind of like doing more like passive parts of designing things. So like if all the like work is like the preliminary work's done and I'm just like, I don't know, filling in like blocking in colors or doing whatever, maybe I'm doing like easier things to do in the morning. Um, but on top of that, I do think like I battle with um, like feeling like I do have enough time for myself. Um, and I do at the moment, and this isn't, I don't think the best way to do it, but I do like set aside Tuesdays a lot of the time, like a big chunk of the day, like for myself. Um, and I mean, that comes with its own problems of like being like, I'm going to shut the door now. Don't talk to me for six hours. You know what I mean? To like, just do whatever. But right now that's what I feel like I have to like kind of be militant about to just like make sure that I'm in like a good headspace, um, because it's just kind of like what I need. Um, so I don't know, it's all like kind of going back and forth and I guess figuring out and adjusting like whatever feels right at the moment if something isn't feeling right to begin with. So how'd you get in the routine of actually dedicating mornings then? Was it something that was difficult for you to switch from like, cause like a couple years ago you were like so, so into video games and I'm sure you still are in yep. a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So how were you just like, you know what? this is what I need to do at the moment. I am, I'm going to do this and this is my new routine. How did um, you decide that that was worth it? I think a lot of it was just coming back to art and like art making in general. Um, so like the last couple years, like after I got out of school, I was like super disenchanted with like making art for myself to begin with. Um, because it had turned into something that felt like a chore or like it felt like all the decisions I was making were driven by someone other than me. Um, and I, for a long time, didn't really know how to like grasp with that. Um, and then I think I just kind of started to really miss how it felt to like make things or, or like I would hear like someone else talk about making things and how happy they were with their thing. And I was like, oh man, I want to make things. So as soon as that started to manifest again, I was like, okay, well I should get back into this. And like, this is like, I went to school for this and I did this growing up. So like, obviously it's something I still care about and I love doing, um, so I kind of transitioned back into that. Um, but in a lot of ways, I still do feel like I, like in a lot of days, I still do want to play video games more than I want to draw something. Um, do and you I, have the willpower to just, just do it then? Or, or, or is there a hidden thing? Like, are you getting support in other ways to continue your, your new practice that helps make you be like, this is a good decision? Um, I still struggle a bit with the fact that like my choice to do something is like feeling like to not feel like a stain on the universe. I'm like, okay, well I should probably do something productive instead of doing this. But I also like on top of that, it's, it's not where I'm like, Oh, I hate doing this so much. So like, I'm just going to do this even though I hate it. So like, there's a grain of me, like, or a big part of me, like liking it. Um, it's just like, what do I like more? And like, weighing like what do I think is more important like I can either like have leisure time like because at the end of the day that's what like playing any game is you know it's like it's not really doing anything for you like outside of like enjoying the moment or I can be like okay well I enjoy this like a fair amount but it also is like being productive and like setting up like much more important things in the long run yeah I think it's really helpful to hear that and I think sometimes 
what I really enjoy is even even in my most frustrated moments, it's nice to hear other people's situation. It's funny. All of you actually have a very good, at least from the outside, it seems, a, a reservation of certain amounts of time for yourself and for your social time and for your, your uh, pers- like, I'm going to say personal work that's not your job. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, again, I, I just want to be clear that it's, it's very easy for me to do that because I like my coffee job, you know, I'm there and I'm out, you know, I have, I have no stake in that. My boss does, you know, my yeah, boss yeah. has to be on call and like you here, it's like when I'm here, I'm working on this stuff. Maybe I'll answer an email when I'm not here or something, but again, you have to be on call. You have to be like in charge of this stuff. And so I think that it's very, it's a very different situation um, for me than for you. I do think it like, and it's something that I'm striving to, to figure out. Obviously I'm like, I'm a lot older than you guys. Like, I mean, I'm not a million times older, but I like, <laughs> like I'm at a stage a trillion older. Years <laughs> I'm so old. So, but I think about this a lot where I'm like, I'm, I'm looking forward to a home life. And I think there are, I had, and I still have, and I will continue to have my ambitious something, whatever that means, my busy time, my Mm -hmm. let's do things time. But then there's a piece of me that more and more and more has been craving this, uh, like, like I want to get up and go sit outside in my garden and look at my plants Mm -hmm. and look at them and keep looking at them. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to be like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, I would really like to watch a show that's not a murder show at 11 or 12 at night while I'm making a client project. Well, you, you, you can, can, you can choose to so watch easily. whatever you Except, want. Except, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can watch not a murder show. Yes, that's I was yes, like, true. that's the easiest. Yeah. But yes, but it, but it is one of those things where maybe I'd like to watch a murder show and not do anything else at the same time. That would be really yeah. great. So I'm working towards this thing, it, the way that you know when you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean the litter box soon, and then you're like, <laughs> at some point you will have to do that because then yeah. it gets disgusting. Yeah. You know what I mean? There yeah. are these things where I'm like, at some point I'm gonna have to make super choices to be like, can't ignore these pieces anymore. Which I think mm-hmm. is probably good that life just happens like that, where you're like, wait a second, I have to change, I have to do this, I have to reassess mm-hmm. these things. And I think it's just nice to hear how how you perceive that as like the value in change and the value Mm -hmm. in discussing it obviously talking about the meaning of life is a massive humongous topic but I think at the moment I think a lot of people beyond just the four of us are thinking about just the changes that are happening around and a lot of reassessment is happening with what you spend your time on and the way that we contribute to other things besides our practice and I and I'm it's so real, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think just reassessment is just part of the culture of the universe at the moment. Yeah, I And agree. I think it shakes people up pretty interestingly. I do think too, like, and yeah. maybe this is just like how I feel like the culture around me is, but I feel like we're so like born and bred on like, you know, like working all the time to like succeed for whatever that like, I do feel like, going out of the way to take, you know, like six hours for myself on a single day. Like oftentimes when I do that, like I like almost feel bad, 
which is like kind of messed up, but I think we all know what that feels like where you're like, well, like I know this is good for me and I know that I need this like deep down, but also to everyone else in the world, this looks like I just like took six hours out of my week to like waste my time. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like the, sometimes I battle with like how the world is perceiving what I'm doing. Yep, me too. Um, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I think I told you this, James, I don't remember where I saw this, but it makes sense. Cause it's just math. But if you spent an hour or an hour and 15 minutes a day doing something in a month that adds up to 40 hours, yep. like a full works. I probably spent 40 hours work. cleaning up cat puke. <laughs> probably. That's probably true. A but that's what I was going to say is like, you're just condensing your six, <laughs> six hours into like a chunk. Um, That's true. You know, which like, is actually really nice. Like, it, it does come out nice, but I do think that there's... Everyone like, just is going to imagine you rolling around in cat puke forever. <laughs> yeah, you're just swimming in it. Ew, yeah. stop. Yeah, I was like, why is there so much, you guys? I, I think I realized, too, that, like, there's... Like, I, I made the mistake recently of, like, plotting out the hours in a day and, like, being like, if I spend this chunk sleeping, this chunk working, and this chunk having to eat, what do I have left for everything else I want? And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? But so it makes good. you completely so aware. It, it's uh, For somebody who has to do that, the time that goes out of my life is the sleep part. Yep. And it's weird when you're like, you know, like... I'm pretty good at down being down to the minute of what I tell a client I'm going to turn their thing in. And I'm like, I know by the time I start working this and when it's going to be done, it's going to be done at two 15 AM period. I know exactly when I am done and I'm like closing the laptop because I just finished and I'm like, that was a marathon. (laughs) But what's funny about that. It's like you, you know, I do all my procrastination first yeah that's fair where i'm like being productive and i'm like cleaning the counter and then i'm like why am i still <laughs> up procrasti working <laughs> yeah it's stupid but i'm like this is my me time right now because yeah. i don't want to do this other thing but um but anyway i do think that um it'll be really interesting we do have a really great talk um calvin talked with benny and christina about just how life works with them and their practices at the moment and i think um everybody's going to find that really enlightening also to hear their perspectives so as that comes up again, I suppose it's always really great to sort of reflect on like, where are the changes that we want and are we doing our best to, to identify the, the, the great things we're doing that are really valuable in everything from spending time working on ourselves to the, to the work that we're doing, you know? And I think again, like you said, Calvin, it's just great to have an awareness of your, yourself and again, like where you're at and reassessing where you need to be and you know and although my stuff is not super straightforward it's definitely something I think about a lot or maybe I'm just in the thinking phase of it at the moment you know Mm -hmm. um but I do like hanging out in that zone for a while because I think every time I dedicate space to thinking about what it might be I get a little bit closer to actually figuring it out Mm -hmm. I think I'm like it's almost there I'm not really sure yet it's a process it is I think it always will be yeah yeah, so I'm going to transition over into the conversation that I had with Benet and Christina. There's actually a lot of really interesting connections to the conversation that we just had and the conversation I was able to have with them. And um, it's just interesting to kind of see how everyone is approaching a very similar um, moment of experience. And I hope you enjoy it. Hi, 
Hi, uh, this is Calvin. I am your local Light Gray interviewer here on the Light Gray podcast. I'm sitting here with Christina Morozik and Benet Rollman, um, who just gave an artist talk yesterday and also have an exhibition up in the gallery right now. And I'm very excited to get a chance to talk to them. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, could you guys just introduce yourselves and like tell the people who you are, where you're from, and kind of what you do? All right. Uh, yeah. Hi. I'm I'm Benny. Um, I'm 33 years old. I'm an illustrator and artist. And um, I was born in Germany, in Western Germany, but now I live in Berlin, where I work full time. Since yes, yeah, since I think three or four years, I'm working full time as an illustrator, and sometimes as an artist. Oh, <laughs> an illustrator and an yeah. artist, multi-talented. <laughs> All right. Um. I'm Christina Morozik. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I'm from Michigan, the Midwest, and that's important because it translates how I do everything. It's yeah. very uh, different kind of headspace. But I've been in Portland for three years. I've been making art forever, but doing it full time for eight years. Um, I also do a lot of commercial work, so that carries most of my financing. So I'm an illustrator and artist, same thing, <laughs> <laughs> same dynamic, yeah. uh, depending on what we're making, what we're doing that day. So Totally. So both of you guys have been doing it for a bit. Like you guys have been kind of in, in the industry and working with um, commercial work and shows and everything like that for a while. When you first started, like getting into it, like what what was the first moment where you recognized, oh, like this is going to be my life. Like this is going to be kind of how I operate for the next foreseeable future. I wrote a paper in kindergarten <laughs> about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I found it a couple of years ago, and it was the same. <laughs> so I'm one of those very, I don't think that's common. I think what is more common is to try out a bunch of things and piece together what you're doing and what that means for you over time. I think I am in this very rare 0.1% of humans who had a bizarre clarity as a child. I think we're told that's the normal, but... I don't think that's normal at all. I think that's very irrational and strange. Mm -hmm. But it was just the thing. I don't know. I just knew it. I mean, I was someone who took massive chances and leaps with no money just to like make that work. And I look back on it and I'm like, that was crazy. But uh, very much the very much the story. I don't, that's just how it happened. Yeah. You know. I think I think I knew that. It would that I needed to make a living from from art or illustration. There was must have been in school because I've been drawing all the time anyway. So during during classes, I just used to be drawing um, almost all of the time because I don't know. I just felt like doing it, and also at the same time, um, I could concentrate way better on what the teacher was saying. So I would be sitting there drawing and listening at the same mm -hmm. time. The teachers, of course, they yeah they thought. If I draw, I don't listen, so they made me stop. But uh, yeah, yeah, still, I I just did it all the time. So and then I don't know. I think it must have been in tenth grade or something. I thought 
I, I just can't imagine doing anything else. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just don't want. I just don't want a nine to five job. I just couldn't imagine going to the same office or whatever every day and um, for the rest of my life. So I thought it. Yeah, I just needed to be self-employed, and then I found out that you could just study illustration. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just um, this was my goal then to do this. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny that you mention how drawing helped you retain information, like mm -hmm. take in information, because your work is so... Um, it, it seems like you use it as a way of categorizing things and of like arranging things, um, whether in your headspace or just in an aesthetic mm -hmm. space or on paper. And then Christina, like you saying that it's been an intuitive thing, like your work, as you talked about in your Q and A and also as we had a chance to talk about yesterday, like comes from a place of true intuition. So it's interesting, like how we as people and at our cores mm -hmm. are going to produce in a way that is natural to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No matter how much we kind of dodge around the bush, no matter like how much we like try to figure it out, it's going to come out in a certain way that's unique. Yeah. I have a friend and we were talking about building our style or our aesthetic or how those things change. And I remember being in college and very clearly watching my roommate and noticing his motions of ironing were identical to his motions of washing dishes were identical to his motions of he would make costumes like cutting out the costumes hmm. and it was this very same like kind of format to things and the work then that was produced was actually just an extension of that very innate movement how you innately move and I remember watching it and then you start to notice that in other people how they chop vegetables to mm. like cook if they're like make spazzy work they're usually kind of spazzy in the kitchen or they're kind of like there's this uh, energy flow that's happening where I think it, you know just how you naturally move or do things or sort things or process that kind of always comes out in the work or at least it should if you're listening to yourself right if you're, if you're paying attention to or just allowing. I, I mm -hmm. think we were even this morning, I was having a conversation about flow and that being a space of permission. Mm -hmm. um, and often when you can make something that's intentional, but then you can step back into flow. And it, when you're in that space, it's very permissive to just move however you move. So it's a lot of times the work will come out with this sense of self. Mm -hmm. from that space it's hard to define it's not a very you know what i mean my yeah, 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 yeah. i yeah. see what you mean. yeah it's it's interesting because um now that i think about it I, I do like everything in my life i do like you know i i draw in the same way you know if mm -hmm. when i'm cutting vegetables for example yeah i do it very accurately huh. i'm not i'm not a guy who who just just tuck, 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 you know just cuts it really quickly huh. yeah but um yeah i just um i don't know i just take time for everything sometimes a little bit too much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you were saying um in your artist talk that you have no problem like working all night and that that isn't something that bothers you or like exhausts you i'm, I'm sure that physically exhausts you but like it does yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have no inhibitions about doing it um which i think is also a very unique position to be in as an artist because i mean something like, someone like me i'm like eight hours of sleep uh, no, ten, no less. I need ten. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely would need eight hours of sleep, yeah. I, I think. But um, 
it's just it's just hard for me to to wake up in the morning and just go to work you know mm. and just um you know wake up have breakfast sit at my desk and work it's just i get distracted really easily and mm. there's so much stuff i want to do during a day so uh, i do all the all the fun stuff um during the day and then in the evening when it's getting darker and more quiet I calm down and I just, um, I don't know, this is just the perfect time for me to, to sit down and work. And when everybody else is asleep or most people are asleep, just um, it, it feels more, I don't know, I just feel more calm and I, I've, I feel I really can take the time now to, to start working. And when I sit down at eight o'clock in the evening, then sometimes I work till four in the morning because mm. it's just, if I'm in the flow, then I would just go on working until I fall asleep on my desk or mm -hmm. wherever I'm, I'm working. So, um, yeah, it's just the nighttime is just a better time for me to work. Totally. Do you ever find that what you do during the day ends up informing the work that you create? Um, during the day, I usually work at commission jobs. Okay. Um, I, of course, sometimes at night as well if I'm having a, a deadline coming up. But I think most of my personal work uh, I do at night okay yeah I don't know why but uh, it just so happens it's kind of a place of I don't know there's something interesting about the night where it does allow you to I don't know, explore the reaches of your subconscious mm -hmm. I think in a way that um, allows personal work or writing or anything that is about or for yourself um, to be more natural than during the day where for some reason it feels I like you do have to structure. You're in a place of solitude in the yeah. evening more often, right? You're, you've had these experiences all day long and then you're in this quiet space of just yourself where you get to reflect. So it's that reflection, but also that reaching. You're a little tired, so you're not overthinking things as much or things aren't as sharp, which I think allows them to reach into the weird zones the weird zones <laughs> when you're a little bit worn out um, mm -hmm. I find I have my ideas when I wake up first in that fresh state like if I allow myself to lay in bed for an hour in the morning a lot of my ideas are born there I write better in the morning I I'm more like intuitive or feeling but actually working I have to wear out my energy and then I work at night like yeah. I could start at 4 p.m. or 8 p.m. And, and then I can put it down. And if I'm brainstorming an idea, it has to be totally alone. I have to be in my own alone space. If anybody else is around, I am thinking about them and what they're like there yeah, and yeah. us and the balance and what they, and how mm -hmm. I, and you know, it's about the relationship and the dynamic. Um, but when I'm alone, it stirs up those other I don't know where ideas come from, but they definitely come and say hello more yeah. often in that space. Yeah. But then the actual like production, it's sort of like when the body wants to work versus the mind, you know, these different uh, spaces of uh, like creative flow and brainstorming versus producing versus, mm. you know, they all have a different feel to them. So right. like how to access each of them and be, respectful to each of them and then also live in a reality where you have shit to do like you, you gotta get i gotta do this and i have this and this you know so like how yeah. to balance all those things it's not an easy balance it's a um 
complicated you're just trying every day to try and find it or get it and sometimes you nail it and sometimes you go three weeks without hitting that and you feel the like tension of it building up you know so it's a uh, I just want to put that there because sometimes it sounds like, oh, we just wake up and hit this right. thing, and then I yeah. do this, and then I, and it's all easy, and then we're really, it's like, oh, sometimes it's, really it's sometimes it's panic for like weeks, yeah. and then uh, just like I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna make again, yeah. you know, or mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so. Totally, I. So I went to MCAD, and a lot of people who ended up graduating from MCAD have this. Uh, pressure on themselves to be constantly creating Hmm. Um, that's like this conversation that we've been having and there's I think value to be creating in some way um, Mm -hmm. at any moment and allowing yourself to create and like Benet when you were showing your sketches it's like just being able to like communicate an idea and maybe it can be for something now or maybe it can be for something later but I've been thinking a lot within the last while about how to live a creative lifestyle outside of actually producing, mm-hmm. where you can be taking in information or um, solidifying information in your mind, or even being on Pinterest and collecting um, reference materials or inspiration. Like Benet, you said you have like a whole folder of inspiration that you just like constantly have in the background that will feed you kind of ideas. Yeah, and I I, I just think that like we as creators are the production aspect is only like functional when we've been able to take in all that information and actually figure out how to kind of spit it out in a way that makes sense. Yeah. You're sort of a translator. Mm -hmm. Like so much of making is first seeing or feeling or experiencing and then trying to, to figure out a way to translate that in the symbology that you've created or the language that you speak. There's a individuality mending with your experience of a community, mm-hmm. of a new space. You, you move somewhere new and you meet all new people. That's going to affect the work or it's because it's going to affect you. You, um, you travel and you see new things and you're, perspective of beauty shifts you uh, go through something extremely difficult and you're reckoning with yourself or your dark um, mm. all of those things come up and you know so we're constantly in interpreting and translating and I think artists get this freedom to change their mind mm-hmm. in a way where it's like "Ooh, I was this way and now I'm this way and I did feel that and that was honest and now I feel this and this is honest and um I don't, it doesn't have to be stable. I mm-hmm. feel, actually I feel afraid when artists feel forced to just put out one thing. It makes, you know, like it should be this flow with your life where sometimes it's creating, you know, crocheted hats or scarves right. for your grandma. You know, sometimes like that's the, sometimes it's cooking dinner. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like uh, having just your curiosity peaked and just listening, mm-hmm. I, I think, is a, a big part of it. Listening to the body, listening to what's around you, noticing. Just, no, you know, even tiny nuances or changes. Like, oh, they planted a new tree there. Oh, mm-hmm. they, you know, you're like, in 30 years, that's going to be 
that's going to knock that house over. Like, you know, you're like, you're like constantly, it's a reckoning. And then you think about growth differently and you think about natural cycles or, I mean, I do, I don't want to say you, but like, you know, just this, uh, it's all in there. It's more how you think and interpret and translate back. Um, and it's not a language that everyone will speak. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but cultures also are niched, mm-hmm. you know, so you're building a little culture. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, to me, I think I think change is is really important. I mean, um, like for I mean we're we're talking about inspiration, right? Like finding ideas, and I think to me it's really important um, to have change. Sometimes it's just like standing up from my desk and just taking a walk, and you know, just or you know, just going outside changes so much inside of my mind. You know, when I'm sitting at home and staring at my screen and don't know what to do, it can help just, or just go into the kitchen making a coffee and then all of a sudden it clicks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, le- like you said, um, with the sketching, um, so when I'm having an idea, whatever idea it is, um, that I think would, would make a good image in a way. I mean, it doesn't have to be the exact image or maybe just a starting point for for new for new artwork then um i just write it down or i make just like a little sketch so i don't forget and then when i need ideas or inspiration sometimes just sometimes for for personal work or sometimes also for a commission job i just flip through these sketches and notes and sometimes i just or often i find something that fits you know or even if it's just if if, if it's just the spark you know to start this new thing but just um, writing down every idea that I have that I could use later and most of the ideas I will use at some point so Mm. um, this really helps me to not run out of ideas so Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 not be at the point where I'm sitting there and freaking out because I really have to get something done there are no ideas to be found so um, yeah I think I've never been in that stage where I was um, desperate about ideas mm-hmm. yeah totally i want to ask you guys what is what's like a either a piece of media or an album or like a movie or a book or a research topic or any of these things that you have been so obsessed with lately or mm. has really like you've you saw it or you read it or you learned about it and you're just like this is the most fascinating thing to me Oh no! It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be like anything. Like, like just right now. Yeah. I, I think yeah, like for yeah. me, there's a moment maybe every month or two where I mm-hmm. discover something, and I'm just like, this is so cool, and I I gotta learn more about it. And it doesn't have to be forever, but yeah. at least for right now. Mm. <laughs> Why is this so hard? I feel like. I'm trying to figure out why it's so hard. And I feel like it's because more often than it being a specific for me, like more often than it being a song or a book or a, there's like a thread of a voice and it's like, I'm noticing it in six or seven places and I'm trying to still figure out what the idea is behind it or what the sparkly energy is. So it feels like it's like a little bit in this book and like it's kind of in this song and it's like a little over here, Mm -hmm. but what's actually really engaging me is this 
thing I'm slowly weaving together. It's when you draw all the points around something and then you try and like cinch it shut and be like, oh, this thing, but I don't know quite how to define it yet. Is it's there this. a thing? Like, is there an energy that you find yourself interested or attracted to right now? I mean, right now I've been in such a space of like letting just like I feel like that's a word that comes back to me over and over and over this notion of just allowing and making room for and engaging like history uh engaging your own past engaging your own story like what was that happened that was hard that you know it's sort of a process of mourning but then in order to transform that into a piece, it's this sort of allowing what was true to be true and allowing it to be different now and learning how to embed that. So it's like a big idea, but then I'll read a book that just hits on a corner of that aura where I'm like, that's not really like the thing. That's not quite the thing. You know, I've been, you know, I just listened to this amazing podcast of poetry by David White and he's an Irish poet, and I must have listened to it eight times. It was mm. one of those things where I, I, he's talking about a thing, and I'm like, you just traced the entire thing that I am trying to figure mm. out, and it's messy, and it's beautiful, and it's simple. And he talks in this one poem about uh, this monk who has been part of this tradition and has devoted his life to this belief they don't really clarify what's what and he comes outside and he's looking around and he hears the sound of the belfry mm -hmm. and it's the most beautiful sound he's ever heard and he feels the calling of going back and working through and devoting his life to something and the beauty that comes from doing something over and over while you build it up and really committing to one thing and then a second later, he hears the sound of the crow and the caw from far away. And it's the other most beautiful sound he's ever heard. And he can feel all the opportunity that would come if he left his life and followed that sound and went from thing to thing and moved through these um, different experiences. And that like leaving could be just as beautiful a life. And rather than having these options, which I think we often hit against each other is like you should do this or you should do this or why would you ever do that like we often phrase these things like why would you up and go do why would you like how mm -hmm. dare you mm -hmm. you know and instead it's transformed to the space of beauty of like you know what this is a beautiful option and this is a beautiful option and you can't do both right. like sometimes it's this and sometimes it's this and hearing that and then hearing that in a space of reckoning and mourning and letting and mm -hmm. allowing uh, everyone to move differently and to see them as both very beautiful ways of doing that has been just having that language has mm -hmm. been so um, important and lovely. And I just love the way the Irish poets write. They always add complication. They always add beauty. They leave a lot of room for, I don't know. And a lot of, and they don't tell you how it ends. You know, you're just in that space, mm -hmm. but I, you know, he does, he talks about that. And then he goes into a poem about friendship and what friendship is and 
all of the different things that we hold from other people and what it is to actually engage relationship and how painful it is and how beautiful it is and what can transform and what can't. And I'm just like, you are just speaking my language mm-hmm. right now. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, yeah, that's like the thing I can't get enough of. It took cool. me a minute to find it. I was like, where? I know there is one. I know there's like a thing that yeah. I'm obsessed with, but it's uh, a David White on being podcast. Cool. It's a half an hour long. I it's a, like it. a live reading conversation. Um, and I'm, it's just so on the money for me. So amazing. That was a great answer. <laughs> it was just great. Feel it was, intimidated. It was, yeah, it was just yeah. great listening to you. Uh, no, thank you. Talking about teasing. that. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm afraid I'd, I don't really have a great answer. It's just, um, I mean, I've been just, the only thing I could come up with were, was like the work of another illustrator that I'm obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, that oh, totally that's counts. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a German illustrator. Uh, his name is Max Löffler. And it's, I don't know, I just discovered his work a while because we were in the same publication together and I've been following him ever since and I'm just, everything, he's like posting amazing stuff like almost every day. I'm like, oh my God, how does how does he do it? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's one of these guys where I'm um, jealous of their style. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different style than, than mine, but... Um, I just see it and I'm like, I, I, I wish I would have done this, you know? I'm just, I don't know what's so great about it. The texture, I don't know. He just seems to be everywhere right now, yeah. at least in Germany. So he's he's doing a lot of a lot of work. He just graduated and it's been going really well for him. Um, mm. And that's really great for him. So yeah. I'm happy for him. But at the same <laughs> time, I, I wish I wish I would have done the work, you know. I think we all have that. Oh, I have yeah. I have a close friend who draws the exact way that I wish I drew, and it is a moment of being like, you know what? I'm just gonna like love and support this work, and I'm going to do what I what has to come from me, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you do have to produce the work that is natural to you. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll never it'll never actually be true. Yeah. Or it just like won't it won't have any meat in it, you know. Yeah. Or if you're vegetarian and yeah. you like tofu, <laughs> which is good. It's funny you just mentioned like food because I was thinking that scenario, like sometimes what you're inspired by, you think is like the thing that you should be making, but sometimes it's like talking about what you're going to eat next while you're eating a really good meal and it's like my favorite conversation like I love when I'm eating something really good to be like oh but you know what else I love like (laughs) and this oh but we could be oh but you know it's like I love when you get people in that space and they're just so much in a space of enjoyment but they're also dreaming about this other thing that's not the same thing yeah and it's sort of like oh you know what I'm making work I like and but that oh Oof, and like the pull of it, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to get it more into that space of a yes and rather than a why can't I, you know, like a. a I mean, because we grapple, I grapple song. too. Like I totally am like, yeah, oh, yeah. I wish I was man. I wish I thought of that or I'd done that or, oh, like, you know, how and to be, yeah, satisfied while you're. Eating. I yeah. think I think that we're, like. The, the best spot to be in is to feel so strongly about a piece of work so that you can really like learn about how you can get to the core of it and then uh, draw from it 
and add it to what you do or who you are. And then all of a sudden it's a completely new thing. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, the web of connections and of inspirations and of things like that, like that web is going to be completely unique for each individual if they allow it to be. Mm. And that web of like experience and growth and like just even in us being from the Midwest, you being from Germany, like there's going to be a natural difference between how we have experience and how we put that into our work. Um, and so that's the beautiful thing. And I think what you were saying about like letting is that letting it influence you, but also letting your truth come out in your work in a way that creates something new and fresh and um, something that will inspire someone else the same way that you're so inspired by like an individual yeah. hopefully yeah <laughs> I, I mean i i feel like i can guarantee yeah. it from both of you guys yeah. like. i was just thinking while you were saying that about how rather than like maybe what i should do instead of like admiring work and trying to figure out how to pull elements or how they got there is like read the books they're reading like mm -hmm. put yourself in the information that they're consuming and see how that would translate out um, through your web or your lens or totally. your, you know, but maybe some of it is about the mark or the making, but some of it is about what they're consuming. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, if you, this idea or this feeling, like see what you would do with that same information, mm -hmm. you know, rather than, I don't know. That just, I was like, oh, maybe I should just, well, I mean, we do that, but I was like, that's anytime I like, I like someone's work, I think I'm going to read the books they're reading. Like, I think that's, maybe that's the way I want to go about it. Like, that's why I like asking the question, because I think that there's so much you can learn about someone's production mm -hmm. or like why they're making what they make or, or why they are even interested in making that way or whatever, just by being like, what's your favorite song? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's something that you totally don't expect. And sometimes it's something that you're like, I can totally see that. And either way, you're like, here's a person who innately has the ability to create these things because of the, the experiences that they have. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Well, um, it's been really lovely talking to you both and having you in the gallery. Um, thank you so much for visiting us and coming here and being a part of this amazing thing. Uh, I've had an amazing time and I know that our other light gray personnel have as well. Yeah, Thanks thank so you. much for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's yeah, been it's great. You're it's been great meeting you guys. Back. Yeah. yeah. It's been just lovely. It's yeah. like really fun. Like so. I that's that's all I can yeah. ask. Fun is the only <laughs> thing that we want to provide. Yeah. Um well thank you guys and have safe travels. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. So thanks again for listening today and we're really excited that you're part of this conversation. What do we have coming up? Awesome. So if you guys uh, have a chance to check it out, Ben A. Rollman and Christina Mrozik's work is online on the online shop and website right now. And you can also stop in to see the show through December 7th. Um, and our next opening reception is going to be December 14th. It's with Vanessa Gillings and Maggie Chang. Both of them have a solo exhibition uh, that's really beautiful and all about um, sort of storytelling and adventure and these sort of whimsical watercolor illustrations. Um, and we also have the cookie party. So if you guys are oh, yeah. into all sorts of holiday amazingness, you should stop by December 16th from 1 to 3. We'll have some games. You can say hi. You can eat so many cookies. Eat all so the cookies. Cheap. 
it all, take them all away. Take them all away. There's going to be awards for the most beautiful, the most tasty, and the most interesting cookie. That's my favorite category. <laughs> so <laughs> if you... Last time I think a wonton one, and I was like, that's not a cookie, but I like it. But it's yeah. very, it was very good. It was it a was nice a good, change of pace. It was yeah, great. It was good. So you can bring some wontons. if you are like. interested, keep an eye on the blog, because we're going to be announcing details for this year's Make My Holiday very soon. Um, and also, Calvin and I are going to be leaving this week for Japan. Woo, woo, woo. So keep <laughs> bring us back out. lots of things from your journey. Lots of snacks. <laughs> yeah, bring yeah. us snacks. I'll bring you those tiny, tiny little like panda snacks. It'll be oh, awesome. I mean, I you can get those like snacks. down the street. I know. <laughs> you don't well, have I'll to bring get you those some Yojima maple things. Oh my god, <laughs> that yeah. sounds nice. Those Let's do that. Uh, I want some things gym. that look like French fries, but that are actually chips. Can you find yeah, that for me? Yeah, those two. Well, but you just can, one suitcase full of snacks. One <laughs> snack case. Um, snack case. <laughs> you can head over to Instagram and follow LGAL Japan, hashtag yes. LGAL Japan. Um, and we will be tagging our photos with that. Hopefully our friends who are going to be on the trip with us will also be tagging their photos with that. So if you're just curious about kind of how it goes or what snacks we're eating or what we're looking at, uh, (laughs) that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And then last thing, this is one thing that a lot of people have been asking about. We will have a call for artists happening very shortly here (laughs) it will be a quick one but we're happy to have one here for the end of the year and it's gonna be really fun so i'll uh post some things on all of our social social (laughs) media as soon as possible oh okay So where can they find this, Jenny? Cool. So you can find information about everything on our website, likegrayartlab.com. You can buy art and find all the cool stuff there at shop.likegrayartlab.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at likegrayartlab. We're on Tumblr, likegrayartgallery.tumblr.com, and facebook.com slash likegrayartlab. Thanks again for being a part of this conversation, and we'll talk with you soon. Peace.